Welcome to the Soul Health Mentor Podcast with Nadia Kraus. Learn how to move your awareness out of your mind and into your heart so you can embody your divinity, experience joyous peace of mind, and create your most vibrant life by opening to receive your soul's sacred medicine. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Soul Health Mentor. In this week's episode, I am so excited, so grateful, and so delighted to be welcoming Sarah Carpenter, sarahthelifecoach.com. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I am so inspired about your journey of transformation and really listening to that, what I like to call that out of your mind and into your heart wisdom that we're going to dive right in. I would love for you to share with the listeners what inspired and empowered you to do the work you do today. Yeah, um, such an interesting journey for me. I, growing up, was very much the supportive friend that always was giving advice. And the advice that I would give always felt like it came from this really deep internal knowing, if that makes sense. Like sometimes the words didn't feel like my words. And so I toyed around with ideas of, you know, being a counselor or a therapist, things like that. But I did not. I'm also very empathetic and getting down into the deep, dark, hard with people um, didn't feel like the right choice for me. Um, so I did a few different things. Did, you know, I have I have an eclectic background. I have a master's in nonprofit management, a photography or a a bachelor's degree in photography and dabbled in a lot of different things, but into, I think I had a, a one-year-old baby. And then my oldest, I think was five. And there was a time in my life where I was just, I had really lost my identity. Nobody tells you when you have babies that before you know it, your identity sort of just like disappears. It just fades into the background and you can't find it anymore. And so there, there came a point where, yeah, the universe just started to put up these neon signs that said, this is the way you should go. And this is what you should be doing. And this is what you should be focusing on. And they were things very much outside of me, but also things that I couldn't ignore or deny. And I ended up finding this um, coaching program that was a mile or an hour away from my house that happened to work with my husband's schedule and my schedule and our four tiny kids. And, you know, like it, that's been just sort of the path since then is really being able to lean into and listen to my own intuition and to listen to the things that, and recognize the things that are happening around me that are pointing me in a certain direction. And I think because I was open, um, and willing to recognize and trust those things without always doubting them and doubting myself. I have found myself in this life that feels so, um, I don't want to overuse the word aligned, but I can't think of a better one. I'm in this place where I am living my life. I am living as me and that is such a beautiful and powerful thing, no matter what the external circumstances are that are happening around me, if that makes sense. Oh, my gosh. 
I love there's there were so many golden nuggets in that that I just want to reflect back to you what I heard so I really loved hearing everything you shared and what really struck out was that it seems like you have had people come to you for advice since you can remember and then you would have this inner knowing and inner wisdom in answering the question you were asked or the advice that was sought for that to me is something I can relate to very very well and and as you were sharing it my heart was kind of going yes 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 I know exactly what you're talking about and what I find fascinating is that you also mention the identity crisis that happens when you become a mother I myself haven't become a mother in this lifetime because I was really, really scared of losing myself. That was one of the reasons Mm. I decided not to have children because life seemed too hard in figuring myself out. And I was really, really worried about, no, if I add a child to this, it's just not, I'm not going to be able to to function anymore. So that is really important to, to have the listeners here and to have this conversation that it's okay to feel that way and I love that you just followed the neon signs of your you can call it different things the universe divine guidance or I love to call it out of your mind and into your heart wisdom and then you actually started taking action on packaging those gifts those innate gifts would you say it was learning how to take something that is innate and then create a service around it. Yeah. You know, the, the, there's a metaphor that, that comes to mind or like, um, I think of somebody who like a musician or, um, a singer who has like a very natural gift, right? There's some people who can sit down at a piano and they can just hear the music and they can play. And that doesn't mean they don't practice. That doesn't mean they don't invest their time in honing their craft, but there is just like a gift there that lives inside of them. And I think for me, the, the, when people would come to me for advice or I just, that is my gift. That is like this thing that was very, this raw talent that I had is a way of seeing beyond the surface in people. And so now it's been this process of like learning how to, what to do with that raw talent, what to do with the coal to make it a diamond or, you know, however, whatever metaphor, you know, resonates, but, um, And I think that the universe was like, okay, I gave you this gift and now you have, you've had enough time and life experience. Now it's time for us to do something with it. Mm -hmm. And so that's, I feel like that was probably maybe six or seven years ago. And so that's been the process since then is just honing that and taking that, this thing that I was, I was just given, you know, a lot of times people have talents because they decided I am going to be good at baseball and they start out not being good (laughs) and they work really hard and they become talented. For me, it was like this, this gift that was just given and then being able to like use that and craft it and, and being able to use that, um, intentionally, with some structure and some 
you know, like I I've learned the right songs to play and I've learned what music I enjoy. If we're going back to the piano analogy, you know, and I've learned how to put those notes together and to build on them and make them more beautiful. And that's been something I think that benefits the people I work with, but, but it also is music in my life, you know? Yes. Your heart song. You're playing mm-hmm. your heart song. And I, absolutely, as a German, I don't mind using the word alignment at all. And I don't think, <laughs> and I'll tell you why in a minute, I don't think it can be overused at all. Because when I try to translate the, the word alignment into the German word, it, had, it, it just feels and sounds different. And it feels and sounds different so much that Germans actually use the word alignment. Just, just a little, little side note, and I can totally relate to being misaligned, showing up in life in a way that has nothing to do with your gift, your soul's gift, yes. your innate talent. And I love how you also mentioned that, yes, of course, you could learn baseball and work really hard at it and get, get somewhat good at it. But that is never going to match with someone that is innately good at it. Because mm-hmm. that's the exactly. nature, right? That's the nature mm-hmm. of our gifts. So why do we try to be someone else when, when the task is actually just to, do, to be true to ourselves? And I can just imagine how valuable the work you do with your clients really is. I would love for, for you to just share how did you notice as you were packaging your, your innate gift in, in language and life coaching and services, how did you notice the positive effect and impact you were having with and on your clients? Yeah, um, that's an interesting question because, you know, I think when I first started out, I didn't. And there was, I was so in my head about making myself responsible for my clients and making myself responsible for their progress and their, you know, like it felt very much, um, almost like a codependent relationship, like their success, my success was dependent on theirs. And I noticed that in my life with my clients, um, And it would just, it became really heavy. Coaching was like this anxiety and this like, oh, I've got to, they're not, they're not progressing fast enough. I have to, you know, like I, I have to make them, I have to make them better. And I think life has a way of coming in and being like, oh no, 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 let me help you with this. And so there were a lot of experiences, um, that I had that, that in my own personal journey that I had to go through and experience and live in order to now be the coach that I am, where I'm not responsible for other people, where I'm responsible. It is, it is because I get to show up with a client and just be like, okay, you know, like I am here, I'm the support network. I'm the support system as you do your work. You know, like you're doing the work, not me. Um, but yes. what I've, what I've, heard, what I hear from clients now is there's what's missing. I think is we all have this. We call it an inner critic. This voice in our head that that is always 
telling us what we need to do and how we need to do it and why we're not good enough and how, you know, all of the things there's always this, like, we're always beating ourselves up. And so what's so magical and so fun that I get to do with clients now is I help them unlearn that voice and to use their own in its place where we're celebrating, where we're, um, you know, I have clients tell me all the time, like, and then I heard your voice in my head and that's fine. I don't mind being the substitute. while you know, the, the interim from the inner critic voice to my voice, to their own voice, that's, you know, they're like, no, this is fine. My favorite phrase is you get to be human. You know, like it's not about, I send a lot of people to therapy and I, I send a lot of people to other, um, practitioners and modalities, but what the work that we do is all about, like, just being who we are right now and being okay with it, finding the peace and that, yes, I know I still have these things that I have to unpack and do. I know I still have, you know, like I'll just use myself as an example. I know all the work that I have left to do. I notice when I'm triggered. I notice when things show up that I'm like, oh, this doesn't feel aligned and I'm not sure what to do with it. And I know how to make make space for myself and to have meet those things with compassion and grace where life, even though the circumstances are hard and there's these big things I have to unpack, it feels very... Um, it feels like a warm blanket, you know, it feels like, yes, we've got to do hard things and we can do it. And of course we made mistakes. We're human beings, you know, there's like grace and space for our humanity. And so that's the feedback I get a lot from clients is just this, like in, in whatever their words are, just this, like, oh, oh, isn't it so great that I just get to be where I am right now? Isn't it so great that like, I get to face these problems without the added weight of me punching myself and beating myself up over and over for being a human, because, you know, life is hard enough. (laughs) It is. And I, I so agree with you that when we go into this, which I really, I call it a a soul's calling and Mm -hmm. and a heart's wish, because we go into service to support others, but you mentioned so many things that I could totally resonate with because we all as heart-centered, soul-led, value-based service providers are challenged to do our own work and to hold a clean space. And I too had to work on, and I think it's actually a female women's, I, I don't know if I should call it issue, but I do think it's a common denominator the whole self-sacrifice, self-neglect, codependency, Mm -hmm. enmeshment, people-pleasing. It is so deeply entrenched in who we are as women. And I really think it has to do with our history. We had to do all those things to survive. Yes. Because we had no power. We had no voice. It was, it's, we're coming into our power, into our embodiment now. But I recently really just, realized how deeply entrenched it is because I was looking at the maternal lineage. I was looking at how my mom grew up and probably her mom before her. So I have so much compassion for someone that is going through it and you as a colleague also experiencing it. And then me myself also knowing 
that I can't hold the space for my clients if I get entangled by by feeling responsible for their results. Right. And it was literally the thing that has showed up in every single business I built. I built my first business at 24. It was a little brick and mortar fitness group, um, fitness training, like group training studio mm-hmm. was called Fitness for Body and Soul. And I had all these patterns looping and we can't actually lead businesses in that way. So yeah. I just just wanted to share that because that really hit home. And I love that you help that that you also cleared that up for yourself and the space got clean and the boundaries got clean. And now you're literally just holding space for your clients to have the experience of, hey, my inner critic doesn't need to be shaming me in life. It's okay to yeah. be human. I love that. I love yeah, that you shared and it's that. It's so powerful to sit across from someone who, even if they don't say a word, energetically just believes in you and believes that you can do whatever, you know, like just already knows your capability versus sitting across from someone who is taking it on and feels like you aren't capable. So they have to do it for you. And I think, you know, what cleared that for me, I love how you, how you articulated that was, is that recognition as of not wanting to, in my own personal life, being in spaces where people were trying to fix me or save me or give me the right answer or like taking away my power. Mm -hmm. I don't like how that feels. And so I was like, oh, but that's, but that's what I'm doing, (laughs) you know? And so just being able to, I, I think that's such a gift we can give each other when we stop trying to fix or solve or save people. And we can just sit across from them and see them for the powerful human beings that they are, even if they're not seeing it for themselves, there's just this energy that happens and this like light that gets ignited just from that without ever even a word being said. And it's such a powerful experience that, you know, um, that I I just think doesn't happen often enough. I agree. I agree. And I was wondering, I know from my own path to really try to anchor and embody what my soul came here for, my soul's gift, my innate talents. There were so many transformational processes that I had to go through. And and I'm going to be really honest, it hasn't been an easy journey. And there have been many rock bottoms, it feels like. And there has definitely been, it also even feels like many dark nights of the soul, which when you're in it and when you're literally yeah, you don't really know what's happening. When you're in it, it feels terrible. But when you come out on the other side, it feels like an initiation to me. Have you experienced Mm. a dark night of the soul as such? Oh, yes. (laughs) So many of them. (laughs) Um, I think one of the biggest... I think one of the biggest maybe transformational experiences, there, there were a bunch stacked together. And one was, I was living in California at the time. My ex-husband and I were separated and we were trying to co-parent our four little kids. And I really loved being in California. I had found this really beautiful community there and 
I just, I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to come back home to Utah. Um, but I woke up one morning with a knowing that I had to come back to Utah. That was my only option that, it, I mean, nothing had changed. There wasn't, I just woke up one day, literally with this knowing that I had to move back. And so that was a process. Um, and what I kept and, and, you know, the, the doubt came in and the, like, is this the right thing? And is this what I should be doing? And all of those things came in, but I couldn't shake that knowing. And when I was trying to explain to my ex-husband, why I wanted to take our children and move, you know, two States away, um, I had to, the way I explained it to him was like, I can make, you know, I, there's no way of knowing what the right answer is. There's no way of knowing what the outcome is, but I want to make the choices that feel aligned in my soul and in my intuition, because then whatever hard comes from that, I know is my hard. It's the thing that is meant for me. If I make a choice that is not in alignment with that, that deep knowing, then whatever hard I experience is just hard. You know, I can't trust that it's like something that's building and shaping me in the way and for my next purpose or my next, you know, the next step in my life. And so I moved to Utah and it was by far the hardest, by far the hardest year of my life. I ended up in another relationship, falling madly in love thinking, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. And then having him start a relationship with another woman without telling me. And, you know, we were living with my mom and trying to navigate single. I was, you know, single parenting. My ex-husband was only here one or two weekends a month and, you know, a new place, new circumstance, newly divorced, new relationship, new heartbreak, all of these things sort of compounded onto each other. And through that though, it was so hard. It was so hard. I knew I could trust underneath all of that, that it was mine, that there was like, it was an empowered hard. It was the hard that like, I knew I could feel was refining and shaping me. And so it didn't make it again. Like, I just want to emphasize <laughs> it was hard. It wasn't like knowing that made it feel good or like made it any less of like a painful experience, but it was also empowering and powerful. And so I moved through that and through that experience really fell in love with myself. I fell in love with how I handled that heartbreak. I fell in love with how I handled navigating those, you know, all of the complexities and nuance that came from this new life in Utah, living with my mom mm. and being newly divorced and navigating how to have a relationship with an ex-husband. I, I really was fully myself in that pain and suffering and dark night of the soul. And I loved, I allowed myself to love how I was showing up. Um, I would not trade any of those experiences for anything. I mean, I, I don't I, even yeah. what you, sorry, even when yeah. I look back on them, I see them as like, I'm just, I'm just feel filled with such deep gratitude for them. I don't want to do it again. <laughs> I would I love, never change it. Yeah, I love I love how you I I was just sitting here nodding and my heart is smiling not because any of it is easy. I totally agree with you, 
but I just love your language around how you described it. You know, if, if I'm going to do this, it's going to be my soul alignment. It's going to be my next step. And yes, this might be hard, but it might be, it might, it's going to be my heart. I love how you said that because mm -hmm. it is so true. It is for us. It's, it, things can be hard for, hard for another, but then it's self-sacrifice and self-neglect, right? Mm -hmm. When you're doing yes. it for another. And that's disempowering. And that is something that I also don't want to do. And how you said, yes, it became this journey of, I actually use the wording self-love leadership. That Those are my words. Mm. It's when you follow your soul and your alignment and your heart and you do the hard things, then you're doing it in self-love leadership because I have this mantra that I used when I was going through my different versions of the dark night of the soul. And it literally became, I will not, and I would like really, really negate, like I will, it, I would be very forceful, like I will not, abandon myself even when others do yes and that became my my north star because when you're so used to acting in codependency and enmeshment and people pleasing and self-sacrificing and self-neglecting it needed that very strong no to mm. find to find my yes yes absolutely oh, we could talk about this for I think I have the feeling that we could talk for hours and I'm loving every minute of it. I just really wanted to highlight your wisdom and your wisdom is this inner knowing, this courage, you know, to what I, in my words, to really follow the, the signs out of your mind and into your heart. What would be the wisdom that you want to share from your own experiences and the work you do as a life coach and who you are as Sarah, the person, what heart wisdom would you like to share with our listeners to encourage them that they can do hard things? Yeah. Oh gosh. They're just, everything changes when you heal your relationship with yourself. You know, I mean, if you look around your life at all of the things that are hard, all of the things that you're annoy you and bother you and the circumstances you wish could be different, you know, when clients come to me, usually they have this long laundry list of like things that we want to work through. You know, it's kind of like a checklist. I want to work on this and then I want to work on this and then I want to work on this. And I just nod and say, okay, but we're going to work on the relationship with self and then we do that and that list evaporates mm -hmm. because when you have that relationship with yourself, you're not, the external becomes less relevant. You know, I don't need you to make me happy. If I'm already happy, I don't need you to like me. You know, I would love it if you liked me. I love, I love having friendships and connections, but I don't need that. My worth and my identity isn't based on how someone else feels about me or what my external circumstance looks like, right? It's like this bigger, um, more expansive way of existing. And then I get like the circumstances and the context and the things that are happening around me are just things happening around me, but they aren't me. Mm -hmm. And I, if I could gift that to everybody, if I could just like 
through osmosis and just <laughs> magically heal, you know, imagine how the world would change. Yes. If we weren't trying to manipulate or control or whatever the external world around us and the people around us, just and oh, just imagine what that would feel like. I mean, there we could spend hours just thinking about that, you know, like what would change? How would it be different? How would our politics be different? How would our policies be different? How would our neighborhoods and our schools and our culture be different? And it's just such a beautiful way to be in the world, to know, like deeply know that you are enough and to know who you are and to let that be a compass and your guide. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just, that's, that's the gift I would give. What I I love it. I love all of it. It, because I really, really resonate with, with that, what you just shared, that heart wisdom and me being a German, I do a lot of translating and looking at German words and English words and then kind of finding my own. And what I found really interesting, because that's what, what came up as I was listening to you. So self-love, really, really loving yourself and not being dependent on what someone else thinks of you. And then the word sovereignty came up because that mm. was a word that in English, I was like, what? Sovereignty? Sovereignty? That's interesting. And I kept hearing or seeing online just the use of that word. And at one point, I just had to Google it in the sense of, okay, let, what's the definition of sovereignty? Because I was trying to understand it as a German, and it just said self-governing. And I love that. And that's, mm. I think, how I started saying self-love leadership. Because if, if I'm leading myself in self-love, I'm self-governed. Yes. And, and then I at one and then I was happy with the definition, but then at one point I re- literally translated it into German, and then I had to giggle because the the way the Germans use the word is a very different feel to it, and the feel to it is more. I'm going to say a German sentence. Obviously, you're not going to understand, but I'm going to translate the feel that it has. So, so the German word is souverain. And I'm going to say, das hast du aber souverän gemacht. And what I'm saying is, like Germans will say, oh, you did that in a very sovereign way. No English person would talk that way. But but what the German means is that it's just so true to your nature that you can see how confident someone is when, when they use it in the German language. Don't you think that's interesting? Yes, I think that's beautiful. And I just wanted to add that perspective to to what sovereignty and self-love actually means and yes our whole world will would change our communities would change families would change and where can listeners find you how can they connect with you how can they find out if because it's about getting to know each other if, if they've listened to this wonderful conversation we've had and they really inspired to to work with you how can they do that Yes, whether you're inspired to work with me or just connect with me, you can find me at Sarah Carpenter Coaching on Instagram, or my website is sarahthelifecoach.com. Um, either place, I, I love connecting. And please feel free, you know, if if you're following me on Instagram or something and a post resonates or you have some insights, 
I, I love relationships. I love connecting with people. I love hearing how something affects you or what's happening in your life. So please always feel free to DM me or comment. Um, I also do free 20 minute sessions. Should you want to just have a few minutes to connect in real time? Um, but yes, yeah, sarahthelifecoach.com or Sarah Carpenter Coaching on Instagram. Thank you so much for being here today. It was thank such you a for pleasure. Having me. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Soul Health Mentor Podcast with Nadia Kraus. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are playing. 